All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Overflow Beyond the Music. My name is Josh McCabe. It's good to hang out with you. Good to be here for another episode. We are in season four, and we have covered a lot of ground in the last couple months. Um, COVID's got nothing on this podcast because we've just been going and going and going and been having a blast with it. And so um, just really have enjoyed the opportunity to bring you some great guests. Got some more great guests coming up, some great interviews coming up in the coming weeks. But just a little quick update, um, I'm actually gearing up to move back to Canada, which is uh, an interesting thing. We've been in Nashville for about two years now, and it's been just a really great journey, and uh, we've really enjoyed being here. But recently, I was offered a position at a church up in Canada, up near Toronto, which is where I'm from, which is where all my family is. All my family's from there. All my family's family's from there. And um, really excited about it. I'm going to be going to be a worship arts pastor. I'm still doing the podcast, still going to be making music his cave still doing all of that uh but really as you can probably tell in this in this podcast and as you listen i really do love pastoring i love being a part of people's journey i love getting to know people and i certainly enjoy seeing god grow in their lives and so it's why i do this podcast really and it's why i really feel like i'm a pastor at heart first and maybe a musician second and and so this role uh really made a lot of sense especially in this time of of covid19 and some of the uncertainties around everything um but i think what's really cool about about something like this and, and maybe there's something here for artists musicians or anyone in life was that i had already felt god really stirring my heart about this before COVID even hit. And it didn't make sense, but yet I kind of felt like, God, if you're if you're doing this, you've been aligning some relationships and some conversations that that quite honestly there's no way anyone else but you could have done. And so I really opened my heart to it. And uh it was kind of like I knew it was coming and it wasn't reacting to COVID. It wasn't reacting to not touring. It was I already felt it. I already knew. And uh and so now, yeah, we're packing up, and uh, this this is my last podcast from uh, the city of Nashville, from my little studio space, and uh, I'll have to be getting that all set up so we can get some more podcasts out to you real soon. But uh, the guest on our podcast this week, his name's Ryan Stevenson. I got a chance to catch up with him over Zoom a couple weeks ago. Now, since we had this podcast, since we had this interview, he's welcomed a brand new baby girl, him and his wife, into their lives. She's so beautiful. Birdie Ray is her name. And uh, we talk a little bit about uh, expecting another child and uh, his new record. His new record's called Wildest Dreams. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. So why don't we get into it? Here is my conversation with Ryan Stevenson right here, Overflow Beyond the Music. I can feel the rain reminding me In the eye of the storm You remain in control In the middle of the war all right, what's up, everybody? This is attempt number two because Josh McCabe is very technically, uh, well, I'm not the what's the opposite of inclined is what I am because I couldn't get Zoom working yesterday. But Ryan Stevenson admits, amidst all the chaos going on right now in his home, uh, he's got baby on the way. He's got wife out right now. He's got in laws in the house. He, he, I don't know. He might be in the eye of the storm, maybe. But uh, he's taking time to come hang out with me. So, Ryan Stevenson, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a beautiful day, and it's uh, it's kind of a just a whirlwind in the Stevenson household right now. No question. Yeah, and I'll get to I'll get to that in a minute because there's there's some weird. Uh, I mean, the Lord's playing tricks on you when when uh, 
for dates of things coming into this world, both music wise and baby wise. We'll get into that in a minute. But like, tell me about about what preparing just to have a baby release a record is like when the last two months we just really can't go anywhere. Oh, you know, it's when this whole quarantining, you know, distancing, stay at home thing started and our shows got canceled and, you know, canceled in the middle of tours. I mean, it was, you know, I'm such a goer and a doer and you know, mover and a shaker. And man, it's really hard for me to sit still. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty stir crazy for the first several weeks, but afterwards, you know, after we kind of got into the rhythm of just being at home and being a family, it's like, this is actually really amazing. And it's, it's been such a sweet time of just being kind of resetting and resting and getting my priorities readjusted and my perspective shifted uh, back to what's actually important in life. And, um, you know, yeah. And then, and in the midst of all that, we have a a baby due any day and my re- my new record coming out in a couple days and um it's just kind of cool to not have to be running a million miles an hour yeah. everywhere else doing shows but just to be able to be home for this time it's like the lord perfectly orchestrated that it's amazing well it's it's this weird thing that happens that that you know especially when you're you're traveling doing you know 100 and something 200 something dates a year in, in your situation, it's like there's all these things you want to get done and all these like, man, I, if I had time, I would do this. I'd do this. I'd record this little session. I would do these little live videos. And then you get the time to do it. And you're mm-hmm. just like, it's almost feels overwhelming. Yeah. It's like, there's, I have too much time now. I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> That's so true, man. I know. It's like, if, and you know, people who like myself, I mean, who just, have to be going all the time it can be really unnerving to uh just be forced to not do anything but it's just so it's just so healthy it's just so healthy to take that time and and rest well it's like they say about vacation too it's it's why they it's why they say two weeks is like the magic number because you spend the first four days trying to stop thinking about everything that's happened in the last couple months and then you spend your last four days thinking about all the stuff you have to do when you get home. Right. <laughs> so you really only get like those like eight days in the middle of true rest. That's so true, man. So what's like what has been the thing that you've been able to do now, um, even just personally in your life, that you go, man, I, that was not something that was part of my routine. Like some, so I've talked to a buddy who's like, I haven't played video games since I was a teenager, and I'm just like right into it now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's funny you mentioned that uh, because we haven't been able to, you know, hang out with a ton of friends and community uh, as of, you know, as of a few weeks ago. Um, I got a PlayStation 4 and nice. me and my, me and some of my buddies, like the way we, like, I'm not a gamer. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not like crazy into it, but we all got same video game and we just get on there and put our headsets on. And some of us are all over the country, and it's been an actually cool outlet to just have some community and fellowship with some of my homies in the evenings. Like, that's definitely one thing that I kind of stumbled into, you know, pretty, pretty deliberately is like, 
well, since I'm stuck at home and I can't talk to or can't see anybody, we're just going to get on with play some video games. Yeah. <laughs> and it and actually like, really helps. It's like, I mean, what used to be getting together and watching a basketball game or watching football on a Sunday, this is now, this is what we got. So let's, let's roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I've, I've heard your, your name a million times just from, from people. Are you, are you based in Nashville? Yes, sir. Yeah, we live in, in just south of Nashville in a little town called Franklin, Tennessee. What, what part of Franklin are you in? North, south, east, west? Yeah, we're give kind of give like, me a little landmark. We're kind of like in south Franklin area, uh, Goose Creek area cool. over there. We live, right, uh, we live right by the Chick-fil-A Target Kroger on Columbia. Oh, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, I was so, just there this morning. <laughs> ah, there we go. We, we could have we had our interview at Chick-fil-A or something like that. I didn't know you were here, dude. Yeah, no, it's so funny. So I'll hop on the line with people sometimes, and and we'll get doing this. Like, dude, why why didn't we just go go for coffee somewhere? We should just got gotten together. It would have been like easy. Like, eh, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Here we are. That's funny, man. I had no idea you were here. Well, a lot of people are are in town, especially in the Franklin end. And and I remember my first time coming to Nashville, Tennessee, when I was like. 18, 19 years old, I was coming to work with the band and, and do merch with this band yeah. way, way back in the day, uh, straight out of Canada, straight out of high school, so that was probably like 15 years ago. And I remember driving down down to Franklin, someone goes, you know, that's Toby Mac's house. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... and he's he's one of, your, one of your boys, so tell me a little about your relationship with Toby and, and how that sparked up. Oh, gosh. Yeah, man. Um I get that question a lot. You know, Toby is, well, I grew up on DC Talk. You know, I grew up on their music as a kid, yeah. junior high and high school. Um, so I was really inspired by DC Talk's music, you know, and then kind of fast forward 20 years later, um, I was just an independent artist doing, you know, working as a paramedic, actually. And I was mm. in town on some of my days off doing some songwriting and, uh, I ended up connecting with a mutual producer who knows Toby and we wrote a song together called Speak Life and mm -hmm. Toby kind of heard that song and uh, had some ideas for it and wanted to write it with us and and so when Speak Life happened and that connection was made that was really when my world collided with Toby's and You know, I, I like how you talked about just growing up listening to DC Talk, which is it's so funny because I feel like I maybe missed the DC Talk phase. And I, I kind of maybe came to the game more when it was like, you know, the TFK and Cutlass. And like that was kind of when I, I got, and, you know, Toby was doing his solo stuff at that point was kind of when I, I got into the, you know, that, 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 you know, quote unquote Christian gospel music. Yeah. Scene. And just, and just listening to it. Um, what was like the point for you though, when something like clicked? Because I I talked to a lot of artists that go there's there's a difference between knowing you can sing, and believing that you were created to communicate through music. Man, what a great question. Um, I think the switch that went off in me and knowing that I could maybe do it not just as a hobby, but it was something that I was passionate about and that I felt like I could do on a different scale was mm -hmm. 
when I, I started off playing acoustic coffee shop nights, you know, regionally around the Pacific Northwest and just kind of sharing my songs and sharing my heart, not with a band, not with any support, just with me and my guitar. And, yeah. and I would see those songs resonate with people. And, you know, I'm, right. not, I'm not the best singer. I'm never going to claim to, you know, claim that I have some amazing show-stopping voice, you know. But I, I felt like I had an ability and, a, and an insight to communicate with people through music in a way that just felt natural and easy. It was very conversational. And, right. and I would see it resonate with people. I would see it impact people. I would see it move people. Not just yeah. the songs, but the talking points and the and the ministry kind of the conversation going on behind the songs and why they exist and what was going on in my life when these things were happening. And then I would right. turn one event into three or four. Like I would always get invited and people would come to me and say, Hey, can we have you at our church? Hey, can we have you at our church? So I kind of used that as a gauge to to just ask myself hard, honest questions like, hey, is what you're doing uh, valid? Is what you're doing connecting? Is it, are people just saying, oh man, great job, and then you're on your way and you never hear from anybody again? Or people are actually booking me and inviting me to come do their events every time I would show up. And so I just felt like, well, I'm communicating in the only way I know how. I feel like it's moving people. People are responsive to it. And I'm getting invited a lot to go other places. I think I can do this. Well, I think that's actually so key because early on in music, you have a hustle. Like when you're, you you know, how many 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds you run into at different events who, who got the hustle and, and they, they've got the library of every church in the nation to call that puts on a concert and they're, and they're grinding out, finding shows everywhere. But yet it seems that people who, who really hit a sweet spot and just and begin to soar are the ones who just kind of sat back and let let it happen. It, there's there's a grind yeah. behind the scenes. There's a grind in, in the personal life, but but the grind as far as making shows and, and making people like you, it, it it sounds like you really just sat back and let God do the work. I I think that's exactly what I did. Um, you know, and there were times where I didn't sit back and let God do the work. There were definitely times. And how, how did it work? Exactly. For you? There were early on. I I beat down some doors, and I I tried to push my way into areas that just it was not the right timing, and it ended up very sour and lukewarm. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It was not good experiences, and hmm. and out of that. I've, I guess it really taught me a lesson. The Lord used those times of pushing and not waiting yeah. to show me what it's actually like and what it feels like when you wait upon the Lord, when you wait for Him right. to direct your paths. And and um, so, yeah. Hey, there's, a, there's this really interesting thing that happens when, um, you know— there's this moment that that wrecks you. I find with most artists that there's always like a moment of crisis right before a moment of of great. Um, it's like there's always a storm before the sun has to, can shine again. <laughs> Has there been a moment in your life um, where you kind of go, "Man, that was a crisis moment that nearly took me out," but 
God actually redeemed it on the other end or or making it through that brought me to a, a new place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I guess kind of to, to try to briefly answer that question for you, leading up to getting a, you know, getting signed to Goatee Records, I was on another record company before Goatee. Not a lot of people know mm. that because it didn't, it wasn't really anything like, I got signed to a record company. They offered me a record deal. Um, and within 10 months, they dropped me. So I wasn't even on that label for a year. And they wow. said, you know, they cut me loose. But even before that, you know, um, I was working as a paramedic. Uh, and, you know, I kind of had this crazy journey from being a paramedic into full-time music, which is, that's, that's a whole other podcast in itself. Um, and I could go in. Which I could, you have, by the way, <laughs> and we can talk about that after. I could go into that forever. But, you know, kind of my journey from being a paramedic into music, I get signed to a record deal. Man, I think that I've made it. I think that I've arrived. I'm finally in this, you know, in mainstream Christian music. I got a record company. I got a manager. I got all of these amazing things. My dreams are here. I'm on this locomotive heading out to on the horizon and just mm -hmm. around that bend it just derails and mm. my label calls me up and they said hey we wish things were better where we're just we're gonna cut you loose you're we're dropping you today and right around that time wow. my mom had just died uh, my mom was 56 years old she had she got bone cancer and it just ate her up and it was really devastating and really difficult to watch and I'm the baby of the yeah. family. I'm the only son. So my mom and I were super tight. My mom was my entire world. Uh, yeah. So I really felt like an orphan at 30 years old when, when my mom died. Um, so yeah. that happened. And this is not like a long spare, you know, span of time. This is like a short window. You know, my mother passes away. Uh, I get dropped from my record label. We don't have any jobs anymore. I we've because my wife and I have both quit our jobs because my wife just had our first baby, and she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, and dude, e even at thirty years old, I mean, to not have like there's something that's just the the nurturing nature of calling mom. Yeah. When you're when you're broken, is just is something that, and to not have that is like I can't imagine the confusion and void and and wandering that goes on in, in your mind yeah it was <laughs> it was hard it was difficult season um and then kind of you know the icing on the cake of all of that was you know my wife went through we were pregnant with twins at that time and you know all this was going on and my wife goes through this crazy miscarriage of our twins um oh, and you know and it was really at that point you know the 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 crazy chaotic storm and just i was like i was so mad i was so enraged i was so embittered at god like where are you what are you doing like how 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 do you have a plan in any of this how are you good how do you expect me to trust you like yeah. everything my world's falling apart like everything that i've thought was a sure shot is crumbling before my eyes and i can't right. see you anywhere and it was really the aftermath of that, that I, that like this still small voice just came in and assured me like, hey, 
I've got you even in the middle of all this craziness. I know, I know it's hard. I know you don't trust me. I know you can't see it. You don't see what I see. You don't see around the next bend, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of redeeming and restoring and I'm going to use a lot of this brokenness and a lot of this damage to create some real beautiful things for you and to weave an amazing story. But you get, you're going to have to trust me in that. And I just really had no yeah. choice but to trust him. Uh, and it was out of that, really, things just kind of started to take off. It, when you tell a story like that, especially historically, we we can usually jump from the trial to the redemption very quickly. But there's this tension we have to like sit in for a season or for a bit that often, you know, when we're walking through it, it's longer than when we retell it. Yeah. And and there's people who sit in that now and go, like, come on, dude. Yeah, great. I'm glad it worked out for you. But right now I'm in the middle of it. Tell me tell me what life is like in the middle of like and I'm trying I'm really trying not to be cheesy uh you know, interviewer guy by saying like, but what's life like literally in the eye of the storm, right when it's going on <laughs> all around you, what doubts are in your mind and, and what things, you know, can people resonate with that make Ryan Stevenson human, but also a man of yeah, faith. It's, it's incredibly unnerving because it's so uncertain, even though there might not be a ton happening. I have found that that there has been all this chaos and there's all this damage and there's all this stuff. And then there's this kind of inner calm period where it's like, what now? And then you're just stuck in that spot with your thoughts and tripping out about the future. And you're stuck in there with wondering what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be found out or who's going to be hurt or if you're going to succeed yeah. or, or if you're, songs are going to do anything or, uh, you know, if your business is going to thrive, there's, there's a tension that you get to live in, in that storm that, that if you don't believe that God is ultimately good, you will not trust him. You will spend that time in a complete state of misery because, you just there's just this sense constant sense of impending doom and and I've lived in that oh my gosh it's it's brutal and not saying that I've arrived anywhere special when I'm in those periods of tension still it's like okay I have to now what I how I deal with things now I deal with in a, in a couple days which what I used to deal with you know 10 years ago took me six months to deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, it's different to, I don't know, after having been through some things in my life. Yeah. To, to, it's easier to sit in that tension now, but we all have to do it. It's part of being human. And it's, and part of, of going through tension is community. And, and what I love is that, um, you know, I saw when Toby, lost his son recently how the community gathered around i was i went to a prayer meeting that i'm, I'm sure you know um Steine, who's one of the managers in town he put together a prayer meeting over at label live in in uh cool springs there and and just to see industry people um of every of gospel and christian and touring and label and gathering just to pray yeah. like for nothing else just to pray for the family um 
who who have been some guys that have shouldered some burdens for you? I mean, you've worked. It's it's easy to go. Oh, it's, you know, I've worked with Toby Mac, <sighs> Mercy Me, Newsboys, Bart, and, like all these names you can just toss out there. But who are some people that have really shouldered your burden? Because because to me, that's more interesting than than who you who you've shared a stage uh-huh. with. You know, it's it's typically a lot of people behind the scenes that you would nobody would ever know. You know, amazing amazing yeah. men in my life, um, guys like. Joey Elwood, who's the president of Goatee. Uh, yeah. Probably my favorite person on the planet right now. He's just such a dad, such a father figure. He's a, an amazing mentor, so wise. He just speaks speaks truth and life and love into me every day, loves on my family. Joey has definitely been there for me. Um, you know, guys like Dave Wagner, you know, Mike McCloskey, Derek, I- Derek Bruner, all these guys at First Company Management. A uh, guy named Brian Smith who runs Turning Point PR and media. Um, yeah. Just there's definitely been I – could, I could probably talk about those guys a lot. A guy named Martin Lovelace who was my first manager and became my realtor yeah. and kind of got me into all this. <laughs> just it's been a cool, cool journey. And so, you know, speaking of, of mutual friends, I was over on, on my buddy's deck the other night having quesadillas, and uh, Dan Bremer <laughs> says to say oh, hello right to you. On. I love Dan, man. What a good dude. Oh, yeah. He is, we are both Canadians, so ah. that's, that's why we're just, we just have to be friends. Gotcha. <laughs> you guys wrote a song together for his yeah, record, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. I think it was, was it Going Together? We're going together. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I love, love that, song. that song so much. Yeah, Dan's great. Tell me a little bit about songwriting because you you kind of got um you know that that first real like bump um into even you know Grammy conversations and nominations and stuff with with right on the writing side of things. Uh, what what is it about writing versus performing that that feels different yet the same? Like there's. Is there something you enjoy more? Is there something that resonates with you more? Or is there just different, different aspects? Like, help me contrast those aspects in your life. Man, I love them equally, being a songwriter and being a singer and a performer. There's, there's something that's uh, very special and very powerful and very moving about birthing the song and getting out mm. what's in you, what that experience is, making that experience come to life for other people. Yeah, crafting that thing into something that's that's edible for for other people. Um, I love that, and that's a that's a special thing. And see, to, and to me, it's either there or it's not. You can't really force that. Um, and then on the flip side, being the one being able to perform those songs and to communicate those songs for people, because I get to do both. I get to write them and then go do that. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's equally as special, especially when you've written a song and then you have to go, then you get to go and deliver it to the masses. You get to go deliver that message to the people and watch that life experience that took root, that birthed from your heart, birthed from even maybe pain or victory or joy or defeat. And then, and then, you know, serve it up for people to, to be encouraged by or to, you know, to be lit up with some inspiration or hope or, or healing, it's it's amazing. I mean, I, I kind of want to relate it to to the songwriting and even the performing aspect. Why why did you want to be a paramedic? I always wanted to be a doctor. Actually, I went I went to school to be an emergency room physician, and I didn't quite 
uh, I almost flunked out of college my freshman year, not because I wasn't academic, just because I was, you know, a freshman in college and, and away from my parents right. for the first <laughs> time and getting into some trouble. And, uh, so when it came time to declare my major, I was pretty far behind. I was just, I had just been kind of messing around for my first two years of college. So I ended up going back into the medical field and got my paramedic license. And to me, that was like the next best thing to a physician doing emergency room, emergency care was being a paramedic, doing emergency room, doing physician kind of physician level interventions in the field. So that's why. And I loved every second of it. Do you feel like there's an aspect of 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 that sort of when you, when you're going into the emergency room, um, you're going in a in a sense of trauma. There's an emergency, and and there's some healing that needs to needs to take place or needs to be fixed in the body. Do you do you kind of approach performing and singing songs with like there's people in crisis right now, and this song and these words could actually actually be the you know, the emergency room physician to their their soul or introduce them to the one that, or point them to the one who would do that. Like, contrast those two things for me. Yeah. To, I mean, to answer your question, yes. I mean, there's... Every time I, I do anything, I, I, I take the stage and I take that platform with the with utmost um, stewardship, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Like, I want to be a good steward of that platform that I've been given um, yeah. and, and be a good steward of the hearts that are listening. I feel like I'm accountable to them. Um, I'm, I'm responsible to just be a good steward of that. And, and your audience knows mm-hmm. if you love them or you hate them. That is, that is a fact. And I want to, I want to yeah. love, I want to love everyone, especially my audience who's there to support me. Yeah. What, what are some, like, tell me a moment that, is maybe surprised you because sometimes you walk into places and you think this is just going to be, I think it was uh, Mike Weaver, big daddy weave who said they, you know, played for like 12 people in a parking lot one time. <laughs> and he said, he just focused on one person who he just saw these songs wrecking. Yeah. And it surprised him how fulfilled and, and not that it was, you know, not about fulfilling an ego, but just going, man, that was worth it. Like, tell me about a moment that's maybe surprised you. And, and touring and traveling and, and seeing faces in the crowd, which you haven't seen for a while, granted, but... Uh, you know, I think one in particular was this last year, this last spring on, on Hits Deep Tour, I was singing um, I was singing a song and it wasn't, I wasn't even singing that song. I have a song called When We Fall Apart that I wrote about my mom and just kind of yeah. navigating her death. And that song really resonated with people. It was really reactive mm. And I saw, I kept seeing all these signs in the crowd of people with the lyrics of that song. Uh, and I wasn't even playing that song in my set, but just to see like uh, people, see people resonating with that message. And I had never really had a lot of people put signs up in the air or bring posters to a show. So it was kind of cool to see that. So your new record, it's called Wildest Dreams. Um, I love it. There's so many great stories. I'll tell some of them um, when we get off this call as well because uh, they're they're well documented. But uh, if you were to tell people to listen to one song off this new record, Wildest Dreams, what would it Ooh, be? What a great question, man. One song, one song. One song. I would say Through It All. Through It All. All right. 
We'll go with that right now. Ryan Stevenson, thanks so much for hanging out, man. We'll see you around town. We'll see you at Kroger. We'll see you at Target. And this is Through It All by Ryan Stevenson here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Check it out. All right, that's my conversation with Ryan Stevenson. That's all we got for this episode. My name is Josh McCabe. I'm your host here on Overflow Beyond the Music. If you're not already, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mostly on Instagram is where we're the most active. You'll find us at OverflowBTM. That's at OverflowBTM. So make sure you check it out. Can't wait to hang out with you guys again. We'll see you from Canada next time. God bless you guys. Have a good one. My name is Josh McCabe. We'll see you.